Hi, everyone. Before we get started with this week's episode of Sound Notes, I thought you might be interested to know that Leading Agile recently released an all-new case study that follows the journey of a large technology company as they embarked on their Agile transformation. The case study begins with a thrashing organization that was unable to make and meet their commitments and walks you through some of the steps they took to stabilize their system of delivery and how they were able to parlay that system into becoming the type of organization that could pivot and emerge into new markets. So if you'd like to learn how our client did it and how they were able to achieve a recurring year-over-year benefit of over $3 million, head over to info.leadingagile.com slash study and download the case study today. You'll also find the link in the show notes for this podcast. Thanks. Hey, this is Dave Fryer. Welcome to Leading Agile Sound Notes. This evening, I've got Tina Wong here. Tina, thank you for taking time out of your night. Hi, Dave. Very happy to be here. Um, And we're going to talk all about lean portfolio management. But before we get into the topic, for the folks that aren't familiar with you, could you talk a little bit about kind of your background and how you came into the area of focus that you're locked in on right now? Yeah, sure. Hi, everyone. I'm Tina Wong, Managing Consultant with Leading Agile. I've been with the company for about 10 months. Um, working with some very bright and talented individuals in enterprise transformation. And as Dave mentioned, my current focus and primary focus is on portfolio management. Um, So a little bit about my background. I spent 23 years of my long IT career as a software vendor, building products from the ground up. So I have uh, quite a bit of experience and also um, some very good habits and maybe not some as good habits in delivering value to customers. But through continuous improvement, experimentation, you know, we learn to grow and adapt to new markets as the business environment change. And portfolio manager was a critical component in terms of delivering the um, the right things and investing money where the um, the maximum return will occur. So as a result, it's a, a primary focus and interest for me. Okay. Um... Thank you. And, and how, do you, how do you explain to people, like I come from a traditional PMI background before I moved into Agile, and my mm-hmm. understanding of what portfolio management all comes in from that side of the house. I'm wondering if you can explain, like how would you explain to somebody like me what lean portfolio management actually is? And then, and then maybe contrast it to traditional portfolio management. Sure. If we talk about lean portfolio management, you know, the, the name lean, uh, you implied that, implied that we apply lean and system thinking to portfolio management, um, to align strategy with execution, and the purpose of which is to continue to deliver value with quality at a sustainable pace. And this is quite different than the traditional approach when you think of portfolio management, we can tend to think of a group that probably lives in the ivory tower. We hear from them when they tell us you know, what the latest process and the new procedures that we need to follow. So very much centralized control, project-specific, and then it's evolved around centralized annual planning. Link portfolio management is now starting to move um, decentralized decision-making, managing demand management, continuous value flow, and then doing um, looking at the systems as a whole not just about defining the process and procedures, but really focusing on are we delivering on the outcomes that's important to our customers. 
And also the planning process is no longer centralized annual, but we emphasize um, rolling rate planning. So it's a continuous plan that continuously focused on, are we doing the right thing to deliver value? So very much a value-based model in today's environment. Okay. So can I ask you some questions about the stuff that you just said? Yeah, of course. Okay. So um, when I think about lean, I think all about waste and flow. Like we're trying to remove waste. We're trying to optimize the flow so that things are continuously moving. And if I'm thinking about the creation of software or something in a factory, I want to make mm-hmm. sure that right. my, my working processes is set up so that we're just always producing and never getting bottlenecked and never getting stuck. How does that, I mean, you talked about continuous delivery of value at a sustainable pace. How does mm-hmm. that work into, like if I'm an executive and I'm trying to fund a project, does that mean I'm paying attention to like the whip of the different efforts that are running within the organization or, or is there something to do with financing that, that we can kind of remove the waste from that system? Like how does that part work? Yeah, so when we think of flow and reducing waste in a software engineering environment, we tend to focus on the amount of wait time that we have, waiting for decisions to come through, waiting for others to do work. In a highly complex environment, there are a lot of dependency between systems, and that also causes wait time. So the focus in terms of flow then is to reduce the wait and also redoing um, poor quality bugs. These are also forms of waste within um, a delivery system. So from a portfolio standpoint, we want to make sure that not only are we investing in the right things to build, but the flow of the work, how it gets decomposed from a very large set of requirements, maybe seems like initiatives, gets broken down into digestible pieces so that the delivery teams can then iterate and incrementally deliver value in what we call sprints, you know, short cycles every two weeks. And then that will continuously flow through the system and um, release on demand when there's sufficient value to the marketplace. And that's how we focus on flow from the portfolio all the way down to the delivery team. And that's perceived to be the portfolio operation itself, not just the aspect of funding and investment um, from a you know, high-level business executive perspective. Okay, so if I say that it's sort of like at the, at the top of the food chain in the organization, whoever, whatever group of people are working on um, managing the portfolio, they're, they're turning on the spigot, but not so that all the water comes out at once and then the teams just have to churn through this overload of stuff, but you're trying to make sure that the work is, is dripping down to them in consumable packets. Yes, and then at the same time, there's feedback loop in the process. So flow is just not one directional, but also we have fast feedback loops so that as the teams are working on what they consider to be most valuable, once it gets delivered, the market would then provide confirmation back to are we actually going to adopt and use and find this whatever you have delivered in, in terms of solution as value to the customer base. Okay. Of course, you know, from being in product management for quite some time delivering products, it's pretty, it can be pretty brutal when <laughs> what you thought was a highly valued solution that no one uses and then you end up spending what all of a sudden $10 million with very little return. So, Okay. So if I was, I mean, you, you talked about funding too. I kind of want to build on what you just said and, and see kind of if I'm going in the right direction in terms of how I'm thinking about it, because I'm trying to get my head around this stuff too. Okay. The, the older model, the, the company 
decides, you know, they start talking about it in like November, December, and by the end of January or February, they've decided all the things they're Mm going to fund for the year. And in most cases, if there's a hundred things they want to fund, there's going to be 20 that actually get worked on. And maybe 10 of those are actually going to get completed. Um, How does this affect, like you talked about rolling wave planning instead of doing the annual planning. How does the money Mm -hmm. get distributed or how does the company decide here's where we're placing the vets, but as they go through the course of the year and not just all at once, how does that work? So if we think from a very high level at the enterprise level, there are strategic initiatives or strategic focus that the enterprise wants to push it forward. At the portfolio tier, we're now um, probably given some allocation of the overall funding coming from the enterprise. And so it will be up to the portfolio to determine what is this vision that's aligned to the enterprise strategy and then fund its own initiatives that will build on the, the vision and the strategy for the, from the portfolio perspective. Um, for example, I'm building, um, a, my company is building cars and my division and my portfolio may be high performing sports cars which may be different than another division, right? So funding will be different and my focus on what I need to deliver to the marketplace will be different from another portfolio. Okay, so I've got, I've got a million dollars and I'm going to give you 500,000 of that to build high performance cars. And I'm going to give mm-hmm. um, this other person $500,000 to build school buses. Correct. Okay. Okay. So... I know that at the beginning of the course of the year, and then the portfolio team who's in charge of the high-performance sports cars may have a list of things Mm -hmm. they want to do. They're going to prioritize that so to make sure that they're in sync with delivering on the company's strategic goals and pick the the work efforts or or products or whatever you want to call it that they're going to try to produce. Um, So we're basically like decomposing from strategic goals down to stuff that we could ask teams to work on. That's right. And then you can have multiple teams um, teams working on building the overall out- outcome, which is a high performing car. But one group of teams can maybe doing research on building the best engine, and the other teams may be working on um, building the most efficient um, braking system, most efficient braking system. Yeah. Something like that. Or something like that, right. Yeah, and the body design that will have the least um, drag coefficient to you just win. So uh, overall, they all have to come together and what the teams can do is to do experimentation um, very quickly to determine whether or not it's going to need, say, um, how fast the car can go and uh, at what speed will the car become unstable. So they can do quick experimentations to continually refine and get um, feedback from the customers, maybe set of sports car drivers to provide input on how to best alter and change the design. So it isn't what you think of 12 to 18 months time to the market, but maybe every two to three months, there is a prototype that the company would deliver out to a group of um, early adopters so that they can provide feedback and continually work with you throughout the process to, to refine and ultimately deliver the best solution or best cars to the marketplace. Okay. So, so is, is it like I've got $500,000 to give you for the course of the year? Here's $100,000. Um, 
go work with this and bring me the, the feedback that we get from the customers from the things that you build. And then I'll give you more money for the next part when we prove that this works. Is that? Yes, absolutely. That's yeah. Uh, so we call that, you know, fast experimentation so that you can learn fast and fail fast and be able to, without spending millions of dollars building the initial car, you can spend maybe a hundred thousand, like you said, and to prove out the concept and whether or not this is going to work. Okay. So in some sense, it's almost like a risk management strategy to funding. There is, yeah. So certainly in portfolio management, there's a lot of risk mitigation, risk management built into the process. Okay. And prioritization is certainly a very critical component when we think of where we're going to invest our money and where we're going to place our bets, as you mentioned earlier. Okay. So if, can you contrast that to, to, if it was, I don't know, 20 years ago in a traditional organization, I have that $500,000 at the beginning. Am I just, would I have just given that all to the teams and said, here's all the stuff you have to build. It's got to be ready by December. Show it to me in the end. Is that how it would have worked? Well, in order to get that much money, obviously the team will have to spend some time in coming up with um, big upfront design and um, to minimize the, the risk, we'll have to have very a really well-defined, I would say, business strategy design up front so that you could be spending up to months in just coming up with a good business justification so that you can go in front of the board to request for a large sum of money. Today, we are talking about being able to um, do experimentation with much, much smaller amount of funding. So from a portfolio standpoint, I'm able to say fund a small pilot versus the large final out the final product as we've done in the past. Just because the the mindset of continuous flow, iterative development, incremental development um, was not really in practice, I would say twenty years ago. Okay. So, in in I guess in in another way, I'm trying to reduce my financial risk by smaller bets, but I'm also reducing the lead time. You mentioned the big upfront requirements. So we don't have that. We're just going to figure out what we have to build first and just test that. And when that works, then we'll test something else. So I'm, I'm getting product faster into the market to see how it responds. And that's going to help me make decisions about what to do with the rest of the money and the rest of the time. Is that, is that right? Yeah. Accurate? And that's right. That's right. And, you know, focusing on building alignment and collaboration and relentless improvement and doing innovation, experimentation to provide fast feedback. All of those are part of what we do today in terms of portfolio management. Okay. So I'm wondering if you can comment on how this this approach to funding work and placing bets, how does that tie into or connect to Agile Transformation? Because that's part of this, right? I mean, isn't that part of the conversation? Yeah, it definitely is. The portfolio management is part of um, what we call a lightweight governance model that ensures the flow and the alignment exists between enterprise strategy and our investment and funding strategy at the portfolio level. So the structure, which we call you know, um, a system of teams, and that incorporates the portfolio the product, and the delivery team. So that's the entire system. And the governance will then 
determine how the board could slowly shoot that structure. And then from a progress perspective, we'll have a set of metrics to see how the team of teams are collaborating are aligned to the strategy and are they actually delivering on the, out- the outcomes that's defined from the provision perspective. Okay. So, so is this, this sounds like it would be a fairly complicated shift in how traditional organizations that are used to funding things and planning things out the old way. It's a pretty significant change in, in how they're doing this. Do you ever get a response that, where people feel like they're almost being kind of micromanaged? Like, I'm not going to give you all your, all your money for the year. You can only have this tiny little piece of it. I, I have not actually seen that. I think people um, who have been in portfolio management actually feel empowered and that they are able to work with innovative solutions, be able to do experimentation, to get fast feedback, and then be able to spend their money with reduced and minimized the risk. Okay. So that the return on their investment is, is actually um, more assured in, in our case versus traditionally when you go into long um, development life cycles, and um, a long time to market, for example, a lot of times by the time you actually deliver the solution, 12 to 18 months from the time when the idea was initially developed, uh, the technology or the solution may no longer be applicable to the changes of this environment. Okay. If we put this in play, right, we used to work the old yeah. way. Now the, the, the money's right. coming in smaller bits. What do I look at to figure out how to kind of lean out the way that we're funding these things and the way that we're feeding the work downstream? Yeah, that, that's a very good question. So the portfolio management team itself is really just a component, is the, a very critical component. It's a starting point to determine where you're going to invest your, your money, right? But obviously, from an enterprise perspective, you already have a sum of money that is is funded on an annual basis, typically in a large enterprise. So the portfolio then is looking at maybe quarterly, where am I going to spend my money for to optimize the value that I'm delivering to our customers? So it isn't like looking at just smaller chunks um, on everything, but being able to fund the right things, provide fast feedback loop so that you can continue to manage your budget but you have ultimately an overall budget that you can work with. Um, so to say that we're funding in a small chunk is not exactly right, okay. um, but we are spending smaller amount in terms of upfront experimentation to ensure that the large amount that we're going to spend later is actually going to give us the return that we're expecting. Okay, so we just went into a place I, I really wanna dig into. So. Um, in the same way that like, the parallel to this that I want to draw with the people that I, I find in class is they'll say things like, well, we do traditional requirements gathering and then we do agile during development. I can see where somebody mm-hmm. listening to this could be thinking, okay, so we place these small bets in the beginning, but then when we figure yeah. out that they want this, you know, red sports car that goes 700 miles an hour, then we're all in and we mm-hmm. push all the chips into the middle of the table and we go for that long extended work and then we get the car. When you say long extended work, um, it is not the, the ultimate work, but we are going to deliver 
what a, what is the right um, car. If the if the demand for the car is really red and at seven hundred, then that's a minimal thing that we will go for. But maybe over time we can actually deliver different colors that can go even faster. Right? So, okay. Um, but what I'm trying so, to what I'm trying to get to is 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 it that I'm placing small bets and then when I figure out that I'm headed in the right direction, then I place the really big that's bet. Right. Or am I always That's going right. to be placing small bets? No, no. The, the small bets is really on the experimentation to get the right feedback so that you know the bet that you're going to place, which is probably a lot larger, is actually going to be the right bet to place. Okay? Okay. So the experimentation represents a small investment up front. And that's where we can say innovation occurs, right? It's the fast feedback, small experimentation to find out what do the markets really need. And then once you, you get your answers, then you become, you know, emboldened to invest a large amount of money to really go after the, the market and grow it faster. Okay. Versus the initial very small entry. Yeah. Okay. So they, they may still have those longer horizons that are funded more deeply, but not until Absolutely. they've tested and made sure this is the right thing. That's right. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right, cool. Um, I know that systems thinking is a big part of this. I'm wondering if you can comment on, maybe first start out with how would you define systems thinking and then how does that tie into this approach? System thinking is about looking at the bigger picture, right? And not optimizing just the part because it's not the same as optimizing the whole. Um, I was in a restaurant the other day, great restaurant with great reputation, award-winning chef. and Super ambiance, and I walked in with a lot, very high expectations. But what happened was the service is awful. <laughs> so after 40 minutes, when I still didn't get my um, my first course, I became very uh, disappointed. So by the time I actually got my food, which was really, really very good, I decided I would never come back to this place. So from a system thinking perspective, they didn't optimize on the entire experience. Right, you have a great chef, you have um, great food, but the service is awful. Okay. So you didn't achieve the actual outcome of keeping your customer delighted and then bring them back. So for me, optimizing just a part of the system is not the same as optimizing the whole. It's also the same type of question where people ask: Is product management more important than product delivery? <laughs> if you think that way, then you're not looking at the overall system. Every part that's involved in flowing the work, putting the right investment and actually getting the product out of the door is important. So we're optimizing the entire stream that um, enables the value to be delivered versus just um, optimizing, say, DevOps or optimizing um, the ability to determine the best. That's right. Yeah. And that's what system thinking is. if, if, if we're sticking with the example that you just gave, I go to some high-end restaurant, it's got a great reputation, a whole bunch of stars. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited yeah. about it. I have a miserable experience from the time I get in the door until I finally get my food 45 minutes later. And the food's completely amazing. Like, couldn't possibly have asked for a better meal, but the whole thing's tainted by that experience in the beginning in the restaurant. 
So I know there's lots of right. places where it, you're sitting there and, and it's going to be a while because you ordered something that takes a long time to cook and maybe the kitchen's backed up. So what they're doing in the meantime mm -hmm. is they're bringing you a salad and they're bringing you sorbet or they're bringing you drinks or they're bringing you some weird other edible thing that's going to keep you kind of engaged until the thing gets here. Absolutely, that, yeah. Okay. So that would be optimizing the system to keep the customer happy. Absolutely, yeah. And even if the, the server had come by and said that our kitchen is a little bit backed up, so that keep you engaged and in, in, in the meantime, you're going to offer an extra drink or something like that. That will help with the overall experience, which I would expect from the Thai restaurant. But that didn't happen, right? So one part of the system didn't, wasn't optimal for delivering the overall outcome. So that's where that particular restaurant is not going to earn my uh, return business <laughs> right, right. <laughs> from a system thinking perspective. Yeah. So if I was optimizing locally, I might just say, okay, well, why does it take 40 minutes to get the damn food to the table? Go fix the kitchen. That's right. Or, and in that case, you could also empower you know, the server to make some decisions where they can say, oh, I see the kitchen's backed up, but in order to ensure better experience with this customer, I can offer them something else for free for now. <laughs> Okay. To keep them happy. So this is great because this just went in a place I didn't think it was going to go, but I, I think um, I'm seeing a stronger connection now. So that server becomes like the portfolio manager in that it's their job to make sure that you as the customer have a good experience. They can make choices and they have the, the power to make choices on how to make sure that they're bringing things that deliver value, keeping That's you ready right. until yeah. the big thing can be delivered. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. So whose job is it to watch the system and watch the flow? Every member of the portfolio team is accountable um, in the overall outcome. Okay. So there's not, not one person, but there's an area or function of portfolio that we call portfolio operations. So on a regular basis, the portfolio team will get together with key stakeholders to determine how well the system is functioning. And um, as you mentioned, the role of portfolio manager is actually pretty critical and important in understanding the flow of work through the system. So in portfolio management and lean portfolio management, we use a lean concept of making all work visible and then managing work in progress and then visualize the work, make it transparent through the portfolio Kanban. So there's a flow in every state of where the work is so that you can track on where potential bottlenecks could be, and that's um, a function of the portfolio manager. Okay. So if, if I'm coming out of that background where I'm used to funding things on an annual basis and you know planning for 100 projects, um, to mm -hmm. me, it's like the bottleneck is coming from the very inception of the work. How do you counsel senior management who's accustomed to that approach? Like, how do you convince them that that's not the best way to do it. Because I would, I would think that for them, once they get that done, they don't have to worry about it anymore. And they think it frees them up to do other stuff while people go off and build all the things. How do you talk them down off that ledge and get them to understand that it would be better to find ways to test stuff out, make sure we're headed in the right direction before we place the big bet. And then we'll commit the rest of the investment. But first we want to just work in these small steps because that's more time consuming for them, isn't it? So from an investment perspective, the 
the sea levels, we are t- are tend to look at big pools of money and where that funding is going to be. Right? Portfolio then is responsible. You know, they're the responsible people to spend the money wisely, and then be able to go back to um, the executive to say, "This is how we spend our money, and this is the return." And then uh, we may either need to pivot or shift or continue. And that conversation happens on a quarterly basis. But as far as the big pool of money, there's long-term strategy that's still happening at the enterprise level. Uh, where the enterprise is going to go, the larger the company, typically you will see longer planning cycles. So funding um, still happens at a very high level. You still get these big pools of money. But, you know, there's above the line and below the line, there's guardrail that says how big a funding do you need to um, request and who you go to to request for that amount of money. So it isn't always small pool of money that you continue to go back to, say, the investment board for, but rather a, a, an allocation of the fund given to the portfolio, and then it's up to the portfolio to determine how is the best way to uh, invest that money and then be able to report back to senior executives on where that money was, how the money was spent. Okay. So if if I'm listening to this podcast and I totally buy into this and, and I'm you know, working in the portfolio management team and I think, yes, this is exactly what I want to do. I want to start to fund in smaller increments, see the results of the work, and then be able to go back and say, look, here's what we did. Here's what it proved to us. In the same way mm-hmm. that a dev team is presenting work to stakeholders in the end to get feedback, your uh, portfolio manager will be producing the impact of this work or the output of the work, how it's affecting the market, right. how it's driving the company's strategy. Right. So how do I go about trying to, to move into this kind of model? Like, Are there things that I can do to try to help myself or my organization begin to make these adjustments? Is this something that that is going to happen as part of agile transformation? Could I start to do this without the teams working in that manner? Um, like what kind of, what kind of effort at the senior level is going to go into moving into this kind of model? So first let me talk about if you are uh, in a agile transformation, there are um, guidance and governance model that's already built in where lean portfolio management is part of that transformation process. And um, it is going to be system-driven and we're not going to take you to immediately from where you are today in your you know traditional approach to what we consider to be the lean agile approach in, you know, in under three months. That's not a promise. But transformation is an ongoing, evolving process and will take you to um, a set of business outcomes initially and then continue to improve on that business outcome in the progression that we call um, expeditions or base camps. Okay. So that's how this kind of ties back to the leading agile approach. That's right. Yes. Um, so we will guide you every step of the way and then continue to help you transform um, through different base camp outcomes and we'll continue to measure to ensure progress is being made and that there's alignment, collaboration, and transparency already built in into our transformation model. Okay. Now, if you are not doing enterprise transformation or not working with the Agile, I can tell you how personally I learned why I needed something <laughs> like link portfolio management. So um, when I was 
you know, in my um, long IT career, at one point I was um, a brand new VP of product management. And three months into the job, we began doing our annual planning, proposing what the next new set of initiatives are. So it's very focused on what's coming up next. So as we were presenting our ideas, the president of the company at the time, a $4 billion software company, um, I didn't get a chance to ask or present my ideas. The first question out of his mouth looking at me was, where's my money? And for someone who's three months into the job had no really any ideas of how the previous initiatives were, um, were, were supported by the, pre- the predecessor that I took, my, took over from. And so I was completely at a loss on how to answer that question. And it's at that moment, I was thinking, I'm just going to get fired. I'm going to back. <laughs> and you're worse, and, you're going to get fired because of stuff other people did, right? Exactly. But it would be, you know, in, in my survival instinct to know how did I, I am the person now responsible for the money that's given to me. How did I spend it? Where did I spend it? And what was the outcome, right? Before I can go in and propose I'm going to continue this project where I'm going to get more money. <laughs> How do I justify that? So, um, in, in, so that at that instant, I realized that's what I need to do. And luckily, things did turn out okay. I wasn't fired, and so I was given the opportunity to learn and grow very fast um, from that moment on. So that's how I learned. Um, okay, being able to really articulate how you're investing your money where the value delivery and what the outcome was, and then be able to measure and provide feedback uh, through three things that are critically important. And that starts with lean portfolio management. Okay. So you said the three things that are critically important. What are all three of them? Alignment to enterprise strategy. Are we solving the right problems? Are we delivering the right things? Collaboration across the system, right? It's not just portfolio that's doing the work, but it's also the product here and the delivery team, as I said earlier. It's not portfolio that's more important. You can't deliver on the right things if you don't have a good um, development organization. And then the third thing is really transparency. Can we provide the information all the way through the system so that everybody is aligned and be able to determine um, and refine our objectives and key results from a business outcome perspective and then be able to pivot um, when things don't work. Okay. So you need to be able to demonstrate, like, I love that question of where's my money. You have to be able to explain, this is what we did with the money you gave us. This is the result of the money Mm -hmm. you gave us. This is the impact, how it drives value for the customer. Also how it drives value for the company. Is there, is, and you've talked about a couple times about how the work kind of flows from this level down to the team level. Is that Mm -hmm. something that we're tracking value on too? Because I'm assuming if, we're managing the flow of work down to the product and development team level, then um, we're making sure that they're not getting overburdened, they're not getting burned out, that they're able to deliver and continue to succeed and run experiments on their own as well. That's right. At the very beginning, I mentioned continuous value delivery at a sustainable pace. So portfolio is also looking at not just the investment strategy, but also understanding demand and balancing that with capacity. So, when we talk about collaboration and understanding the flow of work, we're also managing dependencies and demand and understanding 
what the capacity is capable of delivering at, at about pace. So when we mention portfolio operations, it is looking at not just is the, the backlog or the, the things that we want to build at the portfolio level, but also is there healthy backlog at the product level as well as is there sufficient backlog in the right things to build for the delivery chain. So as we go from larger to smaller chunks of work, that the teams are able to respond and and support the overall vision of what the portfolio is driving. Okay, um, is it is it fair to say that this would be a parallel to? I'm going to just use Scrum as an example. Um, a product owner working with a Scrum team or a development team, and making sure that you know we're getting this stuff done. We're finding better ways to to understand the thing we're trying to do. We're finding better ways to work together. This is like a meta level version of that. A couple levels up the food chain. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, in a scaled environment, you will find that there are repeat patterns. So at the team level, they are refining and working um, and balancing the team capacity to what they're capable of doing and meeting commitments. When you go up a level, then you're looking at, you know, team of teams, a structure that's governed by um, a flow system, and then you have metrics that show transparency. So at the portfolio level, then we're looking at broader, bigger chunks of, not bigger chunks, but initiatives <laughs> that actually drive and deliver on the enterprise vision. Okay. Um, so. so if people want to learn more about this stuff, like where, where is a source they could turn to to get more information about it? Um, yes, yeah, so if you talk about specifically LPM, um, which is... Uh, Lean portfolio management concept that's been popularized by um, a scale agile framework. There's certainly materials that you can go to learn about LPM. But what I would like to point out is that the concept of lean portfolio management, where you apply lean and system thinking to govern the flow, to um, enhance innovation, and be able to increase alignment, collaboration, transparency, all those things are already built into the leading agile governance model. And we have blogs on this particular topic um, that will point you to other sources of information that you'll be able to, to read. Okay. So I'll, I'll make sure to include links to that stuff in the show notes. Um, and, and what if people want to get in touch with you to ask you more questions about this? What's the best way for them to do that? Um, they can email me at tina.wang at leadingagile.com. And right. I'll be happy to respond to any questions that you have. Cool. This was great, Tina. Thank you very much for doing this. Thank you, Dave.